What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn, alongside Glenn West. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week. Hope if you're traveling, if you're watching or listening, maybe on the road to some family, you're enjoying good family time. And uh, Glenn and I are going to be doing the same this week as well. And uh, Glenn, it's, it's, it's a fun time. Uh, of the year when it talks, I mean, look, college football season's fun no matter what, but it's a fun time of the year when you talk about uh, potential bowl games, potential, you know, uh, it's going to be a fun matchup this weekend, even though it's 11 a.m. kickoff, but big reason that LSU fans should be excited. You got three premier awards that uh, the Tigers are kind of up for. Let's start with the most notable one. If you pick, clicked on the thumbnail, you know what we're talking about. Jaden Daniels to New York. Glenn, we'll start off with this. How confident are you that you can book a ticket, uh, book a flight up to New York City uh, for the second week of December? Well, I, I would absolutely love to do that. Um, I haven't run it by the big bosses yet to see if we'll get to go, but I, I would imagine that Jaden has a seat um, at, in New York at the very, very least. I think that he's proven – uh, throughout the entire regular season that he's deserving uh, of at least being in that ceremony and being highlighted and recognized uh, for all that he's accomplished this year. He's been um, the most dynamic player in college football. I don't think it's particularly close. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think that there's you know, uh, bias that you can have certainly as a local guy watching him for 13, 14 weeks in a row, but just, um, the numbers that he's putting up, the way that he looks when he's putting up these numbers. I mean, uh, you know, Brian Kelly might have said it best. There's literally nothing that they haven't seen this year um, with, with, with Jaden behind center uh, that he hasn't been able to master and overcome um, mm-hmm. from, from an offensive perspective. And so um, I, I do think that he's going to be right there, you know, with, with Bo Nix, with, um, you know, with Michael Penix Jr., um, we'll see who, who that who else could maybe kind of crop, you know, kind of show up here in their final, you know, week, two weeks here with with a lot of these uh, championship games being played. But um, there's no doubt that Jaden deserves to be there. Uh, I think that he uh, has he and LSU have both really leaned into uh, the idea of him potentially trying to win this award. I mean, they they made no mistakes yeah. by throwing them out there for eight drives to score eight touchdowns against Georgia state. They went out and executed at a very high level. Um, you know, they set some more records in terms of uh, tying what Joe Burrow did back in 2019 in the, in the college football playoff against Oklahoma um, with the eight touchdowns. Um, and, you know, he's over a thousand yards rushing. He's over well over 3000 yards passing. Now he has a outside shot with a really, really good day. Uh, through the air to, to potentially get to 4,000 yards passing to go along with his uh, thousand yards rushing. So uh, he's just been super, super dynamic. He's been incredibly fun to watch. Um, And, you know, there's an entertainment factor that comes with watching him. And I think, um, you know, there's, you know, Brian Kelly, one of his main things this year, he said a lot is, you know, if this is a popularity contest, then, um, you know, in terms of the Heisman winner, then, uh, then, you know, then they go ahead and pick whoever you want. But um, yeah. I actually think that you know, Jaden's probably the most entertaining to watch out of all the Heisman candidates right now, too. I mean, he's just been so, so dynamic with his legs and so, um, 
you know, just just weaving in and out of traffic the last several weeks. He's um, he's done a really, really fantastic job, obviously, of getting a lot of his receivers involved. I mean, Kyron Lacey's really had a nice second half resurgence to the season uh, to go along with what Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors are already doing. So I, I would expect Jaden to be in New York. Um, you know, we, we've kind of been updating you guys on just the odds and what, what it looks like kind of heading into this week. It really looks like it's going to be a neck and neck kind of thing here uh, over the next week or two. Um, really looks like that Daniels and Bo Nix that have kind of maybe separated from the pack in terms of the biggest yeah. odds guys, um, you know, and the, and just the lines and what they're, where they're going. So be interesting. I mean, I think Jaden has to have a, another really remarkable game here. Um, and then I think you have to see, you know, see if Bo Nix doesn't slip up somewhere over the next two weeks, see if Michael Penix doesn't slip up. Um, but I, I do think that, um, Jaden's going to be right there in, in New York with a spot in the ceremony at the very least. Yeah. And you mentioned too, I mean, look, the, the Michael Penix, Bo Nix conversation. I mean, those are the three front runners. It feels like the fourth spot. And, and this is not a, this is not a shot at anybody, but the four spots kind of just there. I feel like as a pat on the back for someone who's had a really, really good season, uh, you know, but I don't think they're a serious contender to win the award. Uh, my kind of thoughts on the, you know, the Bo Nix, Michael Penix. Penix didn't have a great game uh, this past weekend, which would have been another kind of a feather in the cap on his resume against Oregon State. The, the, and you've mentioned this, the odds on favorites, the Vegas favorites. For me, it's, you kind of have to watch what Bo Nix does. Like, Jane Dane is going to have to have another crazy performance. And like you mentioned, does Bo Nix slip up this week against Oregon State? Um, does Bo Nix lose to Washington? Uh, and does Michael Penix still not look, you know, is he not the main reason that Washington wins the Pac-12 title game? I think when you just look across the board, and, and this is – I'm with you. I mean, Jane Daniels, if it's not a popularity contest, uh, you know, they've really ramped up the marketing post-Florida, all these things. To me, it's it's him and Bo Nix. If, if Bo Nix – and I want to get your thoughts before we kind of move on to the next award here, Glenn. If Bo Nix has a good game this weekend against Oregon State, and they win the Pac-12 title over Washington and clinch a playoff spot. That, for me, uh, it's an extra game on the resume before the final vote. I, I just, I, I'm taking it from a national standpoint here. Yeah. I think that Bo Nix would kind of hold the edge over Jaden in that sense. I do too. I, I think you know if Nix has a really next, a good next couple of weeks. I mean, he's got 35 touchdowns, two interceptions this year. I mean, he's he's had a really, really nice season, and it's kind of bizarre thinking about how a couple of years ago he was running all over LSU in the Auburn game. And we were talking yeah. about him being just like this really dynamic mobile quarterback who couldn't really, um, you know, do much in terms of his passing game and, and, and kind of was a little bit up and down when he was in the SEC while at Auburn. Mm -hmm. uh, and now he's turned into a really dynamic thrower of the ball in, in the Pac-12. And, you know, some, of course, some LSU fans are going to take the, the little jab there saying he couldn't cut it in the SEC, which is why he went to go throw it all over the, the, the field in, in the Pac-12. But you got to have a lot of respect for what he's done this year. He's been fantastic. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's obviously set Oregon up to be in a college football playoff kind of mindset, kind of, kind of that's what they're thinking here over the next two weeks if they get two big wins. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that in that case, then I, I, I do believe that it would probably be Bo Nix that would be the, the overwhelming favorite. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, Jaden's going to do everything he can this weekend to kind of make that last – that last dish effort. I mean, look, he's, 
he's number one in the country in just about every statistical category. I mean, I think yeah. he has the highest passer efficiency rating there's ever been for a quarterback uh, heading into this final week of the season. Um, that's just incredible, incredible, uh, you know, improvement from him and from a passing perspective. And then you take into account that he, well, all right, well, he also is number one in total yards and 4,591 yards that he has. He's number one in passing touchdowns. He's number one in total touchdowns with 46. He's number one in yards per play. Um, you know, he's, he's done everything that he can to, I think, from a stats perspective, eliminate the three losses that LSU has on their resume this year. Um, and, and look, you know, he, he, it could be a situation here where he very well could go and, and Nick's has a really nice couple weeks here and, 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 and wins the, wins the award, but it wouldn't take away. I don't think from, uh, the remarkable season that Jaden's had here and the, yeah. uh, the progress that, you know, this offense has shown this season, uh, is something that I think a lot of future prospects are going to want to be about, uh, are going to be, able, are going to want to be a part of. Um, and I, I just think that there's a lot of momentum riding into the offseason with this uh, with this offense, the way that it was clicking. Um, now you've got to get the defense up to speed and the defense caught up to where the offense is. But I think even a seat at the table for Jaden would show a lot of these recruits, a lot of these offensive recruits that are that LSU's going after and that they're trying to bring into their program that we're trending in the right direction offensively. Mm-hmm. And then you come here, you can have um, similar success if you put in the work and you uh, show the development that we're looking for. So uh, I, I do think that there, there's something to be said here for, for Jaden, not only just getting there for himself, but getting there for the program as well and showing that, um, you know, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be one of the premier spots to come play and, 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 and load up on offense in the SEC. I think that they're going to really lean into that this off season and, and really make that pitch uh, to a lot of these recruits. Yeah, and one more thing on the Daniels case. Uh, look, we've talked about this. National media has talked about it. And uh, RG3 is one of the biggest proponents of it, and probably because it benefited them. The, the three losses or the multiple yeah. losses, that precedent's been set. So it's not something where I think – I think that is a mute argument uh, when you kind of look at what he's been able to do. And, look, you know, you did mention it. I mean, some some people might stumble across this video that aren't our subscribers. They aren't, you know, LSU fans. So, well, you guys are biased. I mean, I just encourage you to kind of watch what this guy has done. And I think, too – it also matters with how much your the performance of your team can hinge on a single player. And Glenn, we've watched Jane Daniels. I mean, even even the Florida State game where they didn't play well, Jane Daniels was one of the big reasons that that game was really even close in the yeah, first in the half first and half. going into the yeah. second half. So his importance to this team and what he means, uh, it's huge. And wanted to round it out here with this conversation. We talked about maybe the lack of a true Heisman moment. I I, I do sit in the camp. Um, I was telling some people today where if LSU beats Ole Miss on that last drive, that's probably the Heisman moment. Uh, he didn't get the chance to have that, you know, moment at the end of the game uh, toward or the fourth quarter against Alabama. But is it the Florida? Is it the 85-yard run? I mean, that might be one where you're just like, holy cow. What what was one moment where it clicked for you? Said, oh my, holy cow, this this guy's gonna have a serious chance to be in New York. Yeah, there there were a couple for sure. I would say. Um... You know, the, the Ole Miss back and forth, I mean, yeah, you lose the game and it's, you know, it's entirely on the defense that you didn't pull that one out. 49 yeah. points should be enough to win an SEC game in, the, in this day and age. But um, I just thought the way that he kept responding and, and punching back with answer after answer for what Ole Miss was doing was really, really impressive. I, I, I would 
Um, you know, it's it, you can't really have a Heisman moment in a loss, but I, I do feel yeah. like that's where it started to click for me that maybe he could be in this conversation. Um, and then, you know, I would probably put the, the, the Florida game up there as, you know, the, whether it's the 85-yard run. I actually thought his 51-yard touchdown run in the second half was a little bit more impressive um, with the way that he yeah. drove in and out of the, the defense there. I mean, he, it looked like there were about three or four different times where there were a collection of players that could have grabbed him and brought him down. And he just ran right past them. I mean, they just they couldn't – they could not keep up with him. Um, so I would certainly put the Florida game up there when you have 600 yards of offense and set, you know, an SEC record for total yards. That's a uh, that's certainly one that that's a feather in the cap that you can kind of point to as a big moment. But um, I, I also am with you. I, I think, look, if he had had the opportunity in the fourth quarter uh, against Alabama, I think LSU would have scored one, maybe even two more times and made it yeah. a little bit more of an interesting fourth quarter. Um, even with the interception that started started kind of the down spiral of that game, um, you know, I, I think that you know, the, the resilience of the offense, if Jaden hadn't been knocked out, I think they probably would have gone on to score and, and, and put up a little bit more of a, you know, a little bit more of a, a you know, some pressure on, on Bama towards the end of that game. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, he hasn't had a true Heisman moment, maybe in the sense that, um, you know, you, you know Brad Nessler making the call for Burrow in 19 against Bama. But, um, you know, there's, there's certainly some, some, some stuff out there that he's done that not many others are are capable of doing in this day and age in college football. And uh, I think just looking at the film, watching him play, um, you really get a good sense of just how dynamic and how unique he's been this season. And I think that's probably what stands out more than anything. Yeah, Jane Daniels uh, was actually 24-7 Sports just released this article as we're recording. Uh, Clint Brewster of 24-7 Sports, he actually had Bo Nix dethroning LSU's Jane Daniels as the top quarterback in his ranking. So I, I think that, look, end of the day, you're going to look at both of these guys and say they both had really special seasons. And you mentioned Bo Nix, his evolution as a quarterback. I mean, hats off to the guy for growing up, maturing, and becoming a better football player. That's what you're supposed to do at the college level. Jane Daniels has done the same. And I think that there's a serious argument for him to win that award. We move on. Though, yeah, I, I, I think it's important to know that the voters here, um, you know, they, they're spread out all across the country. So, like, it's yes. not going to be like one region here where, you know, I would imagine a lot of the people that follow the SEC closely and follow – uh, you know, some of the quarterbacks in this conference closely will will, will certainly have a, a lean towards Jaden, much like I think a lot of the writers on the West Coast that are covering the Pac-12 and, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, other other programs out West will have a, an eye towards Bo Nix or Michael Penix in, in their votes. And I'm going to be curious to see if maybe if if Nix and Penix maybe cancel each other out to some degree. Split with the vote a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Like if if that happens, then I think Jaden's uh, chances might, you know, they might increase a little bit. You know, does does, hmm. does somebody have a preference to Michael Penix over what Bo Nix did? Like if, you know, for example, if Bo Nix has a really good game this weekend, but Michael Penix has a really good Pac-12 championship and they win that game, does somebody say, well, you know, Penix went head to head with Nix and beat him um, twice? twice yeah. you know, put put him up there and does that take away from maybe what some of Bo Nix has done here at the, at the very end of the season so just another thought there uh, another food for thought of just what uh you know voters might be thinking about and I think the fact that you have two quarterbacks in the Pac-12 that are competing for for the top of the Heisman um you know it, it 
it might cancel out in some in some respect. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. I didn't think about that. I mean, you, you look, uh, it's we don't, we don't get political here, Glenn, but we will talk about canceling each other out in the vote. We will talk about that uh, when it comes to Heisman Trophy. We move on to another award that really, Glenn, we didn't plan it like this, but as we're recording this podcast, we're recording it just before uh, 10 a.m. Central. They're going to announce the semifinalists for the Blitnikoff here at, at 10. We, we're going to get it during the middle of the podcast, so I'll, I'll be able to relay that. We all expect Glenn Malik neighbors to be, if not in, at least in the conversation at the top of the conversation, I will start it off with this. And I have, I've gotten on a soapbox about this multiple times with some people. Marvin Harrison jr. Is going to do special things in the NFL. He is a special, special type of player. I know that he has missed some games, Glenn. Uh, His numbers probably would be better if he didn't miss those games. This is just for, for me. And you can back me off the ledge here. If Marvin Harrison jr. Wins this award, to me, it's based off the last three years of the body of work he's had, not specifically off this season. Great football player, not taking anything away from his career at Ohio State. But when you look at the numbers, you look at, once again, the impact on the team. Malik Neighbors, for me, once again, Glenn, I, I just think it's a hard thing, hard path, or it's a, it's a hard conversation to have when you talk about within the scope of the 2023 season, Neighbors, it, it's got to be up there when it really matters. Yeah, I think he will. You know, he'll he'll have a he'll be a finalist. Like, and let's just get that. Oh out yeah, right now. he's yeah. going to be a finalist. He's going to be, I think, in that conversation. Um, and and you know, I I, I don't know exactly what the Volitnikov, you know, ex- uh, what their kind of tools for voting are, or who who gets yeah. votes and whatnot. It, it's it's not as clear cut. I think as probably the Heisman is, where it's you know they they want to try to be. Um, as as unbiased as possible, I'm not sure what the Bolitnikov's uh, you know, goals are in, in that, but um, you know I do think that you know look Harrison's been really really good this year for a very very good Ohio State team. Um, you know he's been you know at one point even a week or two ago he was still getting some buzz as a Heisman candidate. I, I don't know that that's really going to take off anymore. Yeah. I, I just don't think so after this last game, but um, I. I do think he's probably going to be the favorite to win this award. I think that mm-hmm. there's, um, you know, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot that Malik can do outside of, you know, what he's going, doing, <laughs> just going berserk, you know, going, yeah, yeah just going <laughs> absolutely berserk just because I do think that there is some of that. Okay, man, like Marvin Harrison Jr. has been one of the best receivers of the country for three years now. Um, he's been doing it very, very consistently. And uh, unless you have a season like a, you know, like a Jamar Chase, where he has 20 touchdowns and 1,700 yards, and yeah, uh, just there's just no, uh, you know, Jamar in that season was just the, unquestionably the, the the one of the best receivers in the country, and and hit, arguably the second best was his teammate Justin Jefferson, who also put up crazy numbers. So, um, you know, there's there I I I think that Malik's going to have a shot here, especially if he goes out and you know. We, I, I know that I've said this a bunch here over the last couple of weeks on our board, but he's he's within spitting distance of setting the all-time LSU record for receiving yards in his career. And I think, you know, if that even if he doesn't uh, end up winning this Bolitnikoff Award, uh, that would be a pretty good consolation prize if he's able yeah. to get. I think he's one forty-four um, off the mark right now uh, for 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 what Reed did. Uh, so if he puts up 144 yards against AM, which I think is very, very possible, um, 
then then he'll he'll have that record and he'll be at the top there for and he'll always be considered I think one of the elite receivers LSU's had I think he's he's grown leaps and bounds this year with his game he has fourteen hundred twenty four yards this year twelve touchdowns eighty receptions I mean he's averaging you know seventeen eighteen yards a catch I mean he's just been completely dynamic but um, I, I do think that they're um, there are going to be a lot of votes for Marvin Harrison out there, regardless yeah. of what happens this weekend for Malik. And so I, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for him. I think you'd have to think that Malik has to have a really, really good last game here. Harrison maybe has to put up another stinker uh, in his season, regular season finale. Maybe he doesn't perform as well uh, in, in their you know big 10 championship, if that's the game that they're going to be playing in. So, um, you know, there's, there, there's, I think there's still some hope out here for Malik, but I just, I don't, I don't feel as confident in Malik winning the Bolitnikov as I do in Jaden's chances of of being at the top in the Heisman uh, candidacy right now. I think that there's a little bit more of a separation just because uh, whether it's name, whether it's the fact that Harrison's been around for uh, several years now and and kind of has that cachet with a lot of these reporters and journalists, I think are going to be making this decision. Um, I think that'll play into it a little bit too. One other guy though, that I think is, you know, can't be lost in all this is Troy Frank, uh, Troy Franklin from, from Oregon. He's had a really, really nice season. Very nice year. Yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, you know, he's tied with, uh, tied with Brian Thomas right now for touchdowns in the country, I believe. So, um, and, and he's been a part of one of the biggest, you know, the most dynamic offenses in the country, uh, as well as uh, Rome, uh, Roma Dunsey from uh, – uh, is that how you say it? Roma Dunsey. Roma Dunsey. Very nice. Roma Very Dunsey. nice. All right. Yeah. From, from, from Washington. <laughs> uh, he's been really, really consistent for, for, for Washington as well and obviously the explosive offense that they have. So uh, I think that, that's kind of the collection, the four guys that, that I see have having a, a chance at winning this thing and – um, you know, I think it's just going to it's going to take a lot for one of those guys to, to to really knock off Marvin Harrison. I think he's you know, I think he's going to end up getting this thing. But, you know, you never know. I, I do think that Malik has has done everything that he can to just to say that he deserves the award. But um, I, I do think that 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 this one's probably going to be more of a, a popularity kind of contest thing with with the way that this would this at least just that, that's just my own view of how this looks right now i mean yeah you have a different one no look i mean when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're not taking anything away from what Marvin Harrison Jr. has done. I mean, the guy has, has caught 18 less passes uh, he's got 1,093 yards. He's got one more touchdown than Malik Neighbors does. 
you know, I've heard the conversation with this and, and some pushback and seen this on social media. Well, Marvin Harrison Jr. is doing it with a less elite quarterback or, a, or, or not as good of a quarterback, which, look, I mean, that that profiles into it. I just still stay in kind of what by what I said, Glenn, in the, in the beginning. I think that if Harrison wins this, and I'm interested to see, and like I said, I don't know kind of the uh, – you mentioned it, but the, but the bullet points. Like, okay, check here, check here. What does this guy have to hit for us to put him number one? You know, I don't know kind of what the grading scale, I guess we could use in, in, that, in that terminology. If Harrison wins it kind of going away, to me that's going to tell me it's a popularity contest. You know, if, but if it's a close one, then I will be pleased – even if Malik Neighbors doesn't win it. I mean, I think Neighbors is one of the top five receivers in the country, top three. I mean, you look, you could you could argue that point all day. Um, I, but, I, but I do agree with you. I, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. wins this one. Um, and I'm interested to see what kind of the, the gap of the vote is. If it is Marvin Harrison Jr. going away from not only Neighbors, but a couple of the guys that you mentioned, then you've really kind of got to ask yourself, uh, you know, <laughs> How much football were these people really watching, you know, outside of what, you know, just looking at the box scores and the stats? That'll be something very interesting for me. But, look, Malik Neighbors had a great season. Brian Thomas Jr., you know, you and I are going to talk about this once the regular season ends. I think we could do a whole episode on, you know, Brian Thomas Jr., what's the draft stock? You know, that you, both of these guys, Neighbors and Thomas, have elevated their draft stock through the roof uh, with the season they had. And once again, man, I, you know, you got one more home game. Uh, I don't foresee these guys playing in a bowl game, but we'll see, you know, in the modern day age of college football, fans should show out on Saturday because it, it's going to yeah. be one last chance to watch these guys play in Tiger Stadium. And uh, yeah, any final thoughts on, on the wide receiver before we move on to the final one? No, I mean, I, I'm glad you brought up Brian Thomas because he's been, you know, just, I mean, I wouldn't say just as electric as, as Malik. He hadn't been as consistent as Malik, but he's had yeah. the breakout season that LSU was dying for this year. I mean, what they've yeah. done, as a duo this year, they put up the graphic on the broadcast of what <laughs> yeah. neighbors and Thomas have done compared to what Chase and Jefferson did at this time a year ago or, or four years ago. And yeah, there's, there's, they're very similar in numbers. I mean, the, I, I know that that 2019 offense certainly had a lot of mouths to feed with Terrace Marshall and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Thaddeus Moss still being there, but those top two guys in Jefferson and Chase, you're, you're seeing that kind of consistency and production uh, in, in neighbors and Thomas this year. Yeah. And that's just been super impressive because you know that, you know, defenses are going to be scheming around those two. I mean, when, when Jaden's back there throwing, um, you know, they're, they're not only trying to keep an eye on what he's doing in the pocket, but they're also trying to, uh, to take Malik out of games, which could open, which opens up game, which opens up the the field for Thomas. And credit to Thomas, man, he's been really, really good this year. When defensive have key, when defenses have keyed in on Malik, uh, he's made uh, teams pay for 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 that. And um, you know, he's done a really nice job. I think you know, just not only from a pass catching perspective, but also blocking down the field too. I think he's really helped himself mm-hmm. uh, in in the way that he's you know been open and willing to block uh you know for 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 what Jaden's doing ground game because uh that's that's the one part of the when Jaden escapes thing and when he's doing his weaving and and in and out of traffic and you know uh, just electric stuff a lot of the I mean a lot of the times he's he's picking up some big time blocks down the field from Josh Williams from Brian Thomas from elite neighbors from some of these uh tight ends like Mason Taylor so like there's there's a there's a big team effort that goes into winning a Heisman or being in the conversation for Heisman's and Bolitnikoffs and um, you know wh- wh- what we'll get into here in a minute with the Joe Moore Award, but 
just a credit to LSU and, and credit to the development of these guys. I think if there's a player out there in the country, whether it's in the transfer portal or a high school recruit, um, it's hard not to look at LSU's offense and think, man, this this could be something this could be something special if we if we come here and, and, and try to try to keep up with what's what's been going on. No, I agree with you. I agree with you, man. Uh, and look, the award we're about to get to next just shows you how truly special this offense is. And look, you can be frustrated, but for today, we're going to enjoy how great this uh, how great this season has been offensively. LSU's offensive line up for the Joe Moore Award, uh, named a semifinalist. I got a quote here from the Joe Moore uh, Award committee. Glenn, I'll read it and then hand it off to you. Uh, he says, or the committee says, it's an interesting unit that plays with physicality and looks to finish wherever, whenever it gets the chance. They all seem to anchor well in pass pro, and they're expected to win one-on-ones, which they usually do. It ain't always pretty, but it's constantly effective. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on what the committee said when they named them a semifinalist. I'll also add the fact that Washington's offensive line by the committee was actually compared to the 2019 LSU offensive line. So there's a little parallel interesting conversation there. But your thought on this group where, look, you have the two tackles that we mentioned. I was interested to see if they took the next step. You know, Will Campbell is a first-rounder, uh, I think, when, 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 when his career at LSU is done. Emory Jones has been a really, really nice piece. Um, and even with some of the issues – Charles Turner in the middle. I mean, we've seen the snap infractions, all those type of things. At times, man, he's just been a mauler uh, in the middle of this uh, of this group. So, your thoughts on LSU's offensive line and their chance to potentially win the Joe Moore Award? Yeah, I mean, I, I like their. You know, it, it's going to be hard. I mean, I, I do think that the fact that you know LSU's had the most dynamic offense in the country this year, um, from a stats perspective, I think that's going to help their chances a lot. Um, uh, I think that you've seen some real, real growth out of guys like Emory Jones and Will Campbell. And uh, Garrett Dellinger has been a guy that hasn't really been talked about a ton this year. And I think that's just a credit to him just because of how steady he's been uh, at one of those guard spots. And um, so, yeah, I, I do think that this this group's going to have an opportunity um, to, to, to compete for that award. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the mm-hmm. Malitnikov uh, finalists here. Um, Malik did come through. He's he's a he's a finalist for the yeah. Blitnikoff. So yeah, just named like as we just yeah as we're as we're as we're looking here, he's a semifinalist, not a finalist, semifinalist. But um, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of really good players that are going to be whittled down. I'm sure even more here over the next week or two. But yeah, for for LSU and for its offensive line, I, I do think that there's been some real uh, real progress there. And Jaden has not been shy about saying how much he has. Uh, appreciated the work that they've done up front in terms of keeping him healthy. Yes, he scrambles a lot. Yes, he, uh, you know, he, he he moves in the pocket. I think as well as mm-hmm. as any quarterback in the country, uh, which which really keeps defenses on their toes. But even on the quarterback design runs, I think you've seen some real uh, holes there for him. Um, you've seen some some real consistency. I think in the run game at times as well. I think probably the the in, in some of the losses that might be where it, it hurts this offensive line just because um in, in some of the you know the Florida State loss the Alabama loss LSU was not able to get the run game going in either of those games um from a true running back perspective I mean Jaden had some nice moments as a as a running quarterback but um you know they they were they were they were held up pretty well, I think, in those two losses in, yeah. in terms of their run game. So maybe that hurts them. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but I do think that the the stats that you're putting up as an offense and 
and the the fact that this group has stayed healthy all season long they've they've stayed together they've they've pretty much had the same nucleus of starting five uh that'll really help them in terms of um what what that what that award's looking for and i do think that they'll have a real shot to, to win it yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me, when you look at kind of the big-time games, I mean, the Alabama game didn't get a lot of necessarily great push. It's a great opponent. I think those are the games that if you play really well and you dominate, it kind of makes you a surefire, you know, winner for this type of award. Um, you know, but I, I want to give a lot of credit to Brad Davis. I, I think that we're seeing his recruiting acumen, his development of some of the veterans, uh, and even some like the young guys taking the next step. I think it really speaks to – LSU kind of has a gym at the offensive line coach. And, you know, there's a lot of questions that we're going to get to in the offseason when we talk about coaching, potential changes, and stuff like that. But I think that you can realistically say that Brad Davis, I, I don't know, Glenn, I don't know if there's 10 better offensive line coaches in the country and what he's been able to do. And so I think a testament to a lot of this is the coaching and the development. He's done a great job of recruiting here, but the development piece, I think, is really what sets him apart. Um, we, we've talked with pretty much every offensive lineman this off or this season and this offseason, and each one of them have has told us just how incredible that Davis is at knowing what to say to each individual player and how mm -hmm. to get the best out of them. That has been something that has been a pretty consistent theme, whether we're talking with Emory Jones or Charles Turner. You know, he can – he can talk to Charles Turner one way, but knows he can't get the same message across to a guy like Will Campbell in another way. So, like he he's mm -hmm. able to kind of wire that in his brain to where uh, he can he can have those thoughts and have those conversations to get the best out of each individual player. And I think that's kind of what sets him apart from the developmental side of helping all these guys out. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that he's been a huge huge part of this. I think he's going to have to continue to be. Um, you know, if there's a, if we're ranking in terms of offensive coaches, I mean, there's going to be a lot of interest, I think, in, in LSU's offensive coaches this year for promotions yeah. or for from other programs. I'm doing everything I can to hold on to Joe Sloan. I'm doing everything I can to hold on to to Brad Davis, to Cortez Hankton. I don't think that Frank Wilson's a guy that would just uproot for another job yeah. somewhere. I think he really loves obviously being in Louisiana. This is his home. So, um, and then obviously with what Denbrock's doing with the offense, but um, as, as as the coordinator, but those those guys are all going to get looks, I think, and 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 serious interest from other programs in terms of promotion and I think LSU is going to have to certainly offer up some races this offseason for the way that those those guys have done it's been a very job you know, it's been a job very well done from the offense uh, for really most of the year and obviously Davis is going to be a huge part of that going forward because you've got um, a really strong nucleus I think of, of, of young guys uh, you're bringing in a really stout class of, of I think five guys five offensive linemen right now in this next 2024 cycle you've got some really talented in-state guys coming up uh coming up the pike so um yeah he he's going to be as important i think as as anybody else in in this uh and if, if lsu's offense hopes to stay where it is or stay around where it's been i mean that's it's kind of hard to think that you could get better than what LSU's offense has been this year but yeah. um you know i, I think davis is going to have to play a huge part of that yeah, I know this is looking a little too far ahead, and we're going to, you know, maybe do some grades and report cards on different position groups after this regular season uh, ends. But I think that 
the continued development and keeping and retaining, you know, that retention aspect is also in coaches that you mentioned in your article on Saturday. Keeping Brad Davis for a Garrett Nussmeyer, uh, for a quarterback that might come after him, that is going to be massive if LSU wants to have the same type of success. It's going to be hard. Like, that's a hard uh, benchmark to continue to hit of what Daniels and Burrow have over the past five seasons. But as those guys ease in and, and take over the reins, Look, having an elite offensive line coach and a, and a really solid crop of, of offensive linemen is going to help. So I'll, I'll end it with this, and Glenn, we can get to get to your thoughts, and then we we end the show. I don't know that LSU wins this award, but I think it's a testament to Brad Davis and having them in the conversation each and every single year. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I think that they'll be in it next year too. When you think about uh, year three of Will Campbell and Emory Jones, and year two is Lance Hurd. Uh, DJ Chester, I think, is a young guy yeah. to really keep an eye on. Uh, maybe you get Dellinger back. I think you know a big part of this offseason is not going to be about acquisition, as Kelly has mentioned. It's going to be about retention and trying to keep a lot of this core together as much as they can. And I think especially on the offensive side of the ball, you'd like to see a lot of these offensive linemen return that, that have been starters for you. You'd like to see um, you know a lot of these running backs, you know, whether it's Caleb Jackson, Trey Holly, Logan Diggs, you'd like to see that kind of core group return as well um, receivers you'd like to see some great development out of the young talent you have at receiver and maybe add one from the portal um, and then quarterback obviously with Nussmeyer and Collins and Colin Hurley coming mm-hmm. in I think that's a it's a good starting point for your offense next year if you're able to retain a lot of those guys and certainly look into next year as being a as a contender for for for, for lots of awards and including the Jim Moore award next year so um, yeah, I, I do think that else is going to be in it. I think they'll be in the conversation for a finalist. I believe they've they've only done semifinalists right now for the Jim Moore. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So they'll, that's correct. Yeah. I think I think I think you can see them as, as finalists. I don't know that they win it. I think certainly you'll you'll look probably at Washington's offensive line. You look at Oregon's. You'll look at um, you know a couple others. But you know LSU, I think, should be in that mix. I agree with you, man. And it just is a testament to, I think, to this group continuing to build that foundation that Brian Kelly won. It's a positive spin, sure. I don't think it's pumping sunshine, though, and I think it's really excited to see what this group can do. But, hey, LSU still has one more game to play. We're going to take a look. Glenn, I think before you and I both hit the road to get uh, all full on some Thanksgiving food, we're going to try to preview this Texas A&M game. Uh, That's going to be a fun one. And, look, I encourage folks, be at the game. And this is I, – I just have this feeling, and, and I'll tease it here. It's going to be an inspired Aggie team that wants to play a little bit of spoiler for that 10-win benchmark uh, for yeah. LSU. And I think it's going to be a fun football game to take in in Tiger Stadium for the final time here in 2023. But, hey, thanks so much for watching. If you don't get a chance to be a part of that, we appreciate you uh, for listening all season long. We're going to be rolling out maybe a new podcast schedule in the offseason, lots of recruiting, transfer portal, tons of stuff to talk about. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Pod. Podcast and hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, Glenn's heading back down to NOLA and got the wife's parents uh, meeting us uh, about halfway in Mississippi somewhere. So we're going to be uh, enjoying and then get back for the game on early Saturday morning. Glenn, you're just going to camp out at the stadium? Like, what's the plan? Um, No. Grab breakfast, 8.30, 8.30 you know, clock in time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, get a <laughs> Irish Irish coffee, a couple Irish coffees in us. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll be the – First 11 a.m. game of the year for the for the final regular season game is kind of a you know a punch in the mouth, a punch in the face for for fans, but for media 
you know, we'll have all of our stories done oh, by three thirty, four o'clock, and just be able to enjoy the rest of the day. So it's good for us. Watch so good. Yeah, probably probably not so good for LSU fans, but um, well, it'll be it'll be a, it'll be a good environment and a fun last final game to kind of see these these the, this offense in particular uh, have one last yeah. chance to to kind of show out for for all the fans. Of course, Glenn West. My name is Bryce Coon. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time here on the Go Twenty Four Seven.